Hi, this is Carrie, and welcome to Tandem Talks, a podcast meant to empower you to live your life your way. And I'm Craig. Join us as we go deeper with entrepreneurs and their journey creating success in business and life. Hello, uh, podcasters. This is uh, Craig and Carolyn coming at you with uh, Tandem Talks. And we are very energized and excited to be here today with uh, a good uh, entrepreneur, a very good entrepreneur, someone who's touched a lot of different things. And uh, we've actually had a chance to work with on several things and has actually really done a little bit of light mentoring for us on some of the investment side. Uh, His name is Kevin Wickman. Uh, he currently uh, works with uh, Sarah Investments, helping people on the real estate side, doing investing there with, with of course, qualified investors. So people who typically have a, a net worth of a million dollars and higher. Um, but there are so many topics we would love to discuss with Kevin. But first, we just want to give you all his background real quick. Uh, he once he, we've gone into a light business together. Uh, and when we did that, he said, yeah, I think this is like my 15th or 16th company that I've started. So uh, just to give you a couple of those, um, he most recently owned a printing company where he actually bought 13 different companies, consolidated and sold that. Uh, he also has gone on the long-term uh, care staffing, uh, as well as starting out everything from uh, taking tearing down barns and like selling that uh, as a side hustle, I think, back in the day. Um, he did and built up all these companies as a side hustle initially. So it was employed regularly, the, the standard thing that we teach, the W-2 for 20 years, built the side hustles outside of that and has now uh, built uh, quite the uh, rapport for himself and actually uh, investment portfolio. Um, Kevin also does a lot of things with investing. He's actually owned a uh, you know commercial real estate that, that housed a, a Gander Mountain, along with several other things. In fact, um, we have several connections with Kevin. I'll list this here and then we want to kick it over to him. But um, we actually met because he became a client of mine when I was in the banking world um, through another business partner. And we weren't even going to be able to get that deal done. Uh, but because Kevin signed on to it, then the bank got comfortable. So you all can understand like the, the value that he can bring to a business transaction, right? Um, but then he also happened to be, we found out later, friends with my dad, or at least knew my dad, played basketball. And then even more ironically, uh, was college buddies and good friends with Kiri's uncle in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So uh, we have so many different ways of connection. I guess it's it's um, kind of fate that he's on our podcast. So we really appreciate you coming tonight uh, or, or really being here with us at all. Um, maybe just walk us through a little bit of, of your mindset. You know, you're working in the corporate job. You're probably realizing like, man, I don't want to be here forever. Like, what are some things that you did? And then maybe even more importantly, like, how did you break through? Were you able to step away? And and a little bit like why? Like what was what was going on through your brain during during some of those early years in, in the corporate life? And thanks thanks again for being with us. Thanks for the great introduction. Yes, I also taught your da- uh, father how to play basketball. So you oh, okay. all right, too. which okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I was very fortunate to come right out of college with a corporate job, uh, which transferred me all over the country, and I can still be moving around. And it, it was great. It was a good time in our life. Um, but you know, once we added children, we didn't want to move so much. Uh, they made a mistake by putting me back in Wisconsin. So once we got here, uh, I knew that long term, I need to get something going on the side because if you didn't transfer, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you kind of took a step down in, in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So um, the side hustles right up, uh, right in my vocabulary. Uh, started that early, everything from building homes. I've looked at minor league baseball teams. I've looked at um, um, 
boats up in uh, Door County that would uh, transfer people back and forth to the islands, you name it. And one of the greatest things you can have, two great things, in my opinion, is uh, grit and curiosity. So if you can go out and you, you want to learn more, you want to find out about things, you want to build other relationships, um, that's what I was able to do. And then I'm still, you know, banking those, but I'm, out, I'm using a lot of them um, in my present position and throughout uh, other ventures that I was in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So grit and curiosity. I like that. Um, we're into both of those things. Yeah, we're into both of those <laughs> things. That, that's right up Curie's alley. Uh, so just to expand on that a little bit, because you have a unique perspective that I think you can speak to investing as well as like operating businesses, right? So maybe let's start with the operational side, because that's where I think a lot of our listeners are going to be focused on like building a company of some kind. Um, when you take a look at a business and you start to appraise this and, and, you know, disclaimer, but, uh, Kevin actually helped evaluate some parts of our book that on this particular section and just, you know, give us his opinion on it. But what's going through your mind when you're looking at like a business, like what business should you build? What business venture should you go into? I mean, and, and maybe think about it a little bit more from someone who might not have a lot of capital because now it's different because it's an investment and an operating could be both, but like maybe just so, solely on that like operating side, like what's going through your mind is you're like, man, I should do something, but like what, and like, where, where do you maybe go and how do you stumble upon the right things? That's a multi uh, task <laughs> answer response there, but I'll try to limit it. Uh, you know, you really, what I like to do is, you know, even looking at existing businesses, but if I have a passion someplace, and because you have a passion, that doesn't always mean it's a good business. But if you have a passion, it's a good way to get started. You can, you know, you don't mind taking photography pictures. You know, you could work weddings or such. Um, you can, you know, you've always been interested in, in selling something. Um, you're, you're into sports. So memorabilia might be an option. So if you kind of look at your passion to get going, the biggest thing is getting going. Because that's the thing. You need to have the discipline to keep your day job and work something on the side. So you can build for some point, and I'm kind of going back in time here, but when I was with corporations, I saw what happened some, sometimes, not always, but when somebody turned 50 years old. I mean, that wasn't a magic time where things went sour, but you might not be living where you want to when you're 50 years old. And we'd like to think by that time, you can have more options, you know, kind of choose your lifestyle. And a lot of times with companies, you're not able to do that. So, you know, it's important to have the discipline to find what works for you. And part of that, this may come up later too, but a lot of what have I done um, that I did and do is partner with somebody. So I find somebody who has a similar passion. I usually know them on a personal level. That to me is extremely important because I have a hundred percent trust in them. Right. I know, you know we're, we're dealing with money, and you know you want to make sure that person you can trust. You don't have any of those issues. I never had any of those issues, and I'm in a lot of deals with other people. So um, that's been a real positive part. But it's really you need to have the discipline to do it, and then the other uh, attribute is persistence. You know, there's gonna be a lot of doors that shut. And a lot of people say, no, if you're in sales, I've been in the no business all my life. And, and, and just like you guys, 
you just keep knocking on the doors and, and find the yeses. Yeah, 100%. And I, I just want to expand on that a little bit. So someone's looking to do something, maybe it's start photography or um, consulting or something along those lines. When you say you've been really fortunate in finding good partners and knowing them personally, can you just go a little deeper on that? Because let's say you connect with somebody on LinkedIn or, you know, you and I connected through another business partner. Um, you know, maybe what are some things that you're looking for if you don't have the capacity or time to maybe get to know them super well personally, but there's like some, how do you like gauge like, yeah, this is someone I want to go into business with versus like the business deal looks good. They clearly have the background. Let's go. Right. Cause we, as a commercial banker, I've seen a lot of people like enter bad partnerships and, and that's, it's brutal. It's really brutal. That's a good point. Yes. Um, well, now you can you can check out people so easily on social media. You know, you can really find their whole story, their whole background. And if you don't know them that well, hopefully, you know, someone who does know them that well. So you can vet them that way. And especially if you're in you know whatever area you're in, it's usually a small community, even though you might be in New York City, but you've got a small community that you can tap into to get um, better backgrounds on people. Um, I also believe skill sets are transferable. So when, when I, I wasn't so much looking to say I can do this myself, I was looking for a partner who right. could do something. And so that's what got me into printing. I can't really turn a copier on yet. I'm not even sure how to do that. But I, I can you know, talk to people. I can you know, I have good follow-up and I can usually sell um, you know, market uh, products. And that, so I may look at it differently than others. I'm just looking at the opportunity, no matter what the industry is. Yeah, that's so powerful. And when you think about the short list you gave of like boats in Door County or, you know, barns that need to be torn down in rural Wisconsin, I mean, that curiosity is so powerful to assess opportunity, but then really figuring out who actually can offset maybe areas that you don't have in terms of expertise or skill sets. And um, we have a lot of people that come to us and just say, hey, you know, I met this person on social media. They look sexy. They look good. Their resume looks solid. But to your point, I think doing your homework on people and really having a strong standard and a vetting process because partnership can truly make or break you. And I, um, I appreciate just hearing how much of a foundation you've been able to build relationally to be able to have a lot of success as a function of those relationships. It's extremely important. And for me, I could always handle the external parts of a business. And so I was always looking for somebody who wanted to do the internal, whether that is production, uh, QuickBooks, um, is that um, working with vendors, those type of things. Because I'd rather be, I don't want to sit still too long. So I'd like to be out and um, you know meeting people and seeing how we can work on the business, not always working in the business. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense to find that complimentary role. Well, yeah. And I think it's really empowering for people to realize, like, I mean, in your case, like, I don't know, you don't know squat about printing, but you still bought a company, printing multiple, multiple printing companies and like figured it out. And maybe not everyone has that entrepreneurial uh, guts or fortitude or acumen, but you built into that over time. I mean, you didn't start with something like that. So I just think people, myself included, have been limiting our scope when it's like, hey, I don't need to know a lot about it if I find someone who does. So, right, great, absolutely. Great yes. takeaway. Yeah. 
Kevin, it'd be fun to hear you talk a little bit more about work ethics. And I think this is especially relevant for the young aspiring entrepreneur because a lot of the glimpses that people get is on social media. And that's really the glamorized work. Um, It's not necessarily showing the behind the scenes or the many years of head down, sleeves rolled up. Um, So like you're working, it was at Pepsi, right? You were with the big corporation, you said. That was one of them. You've got kids, you've got a wife, you've got, you know, multiple businesses. Like what did the work ethics look like in those early years of really burning the candle at both ends? Yeah. So you have to balance that. You know, it really is, you know, God, family, friends, and work. Um, it's not always in that order. Sometimes it has to switch around. But um, for me, I'm different than some people. I'd rather work than go golfing. I just would. Although if I go golfing, I want to make that work because then I can meet people, right? So um, it is a balancing act and you have to make sure it's right for you so that you don't get in a situation where more negative comes out of it than positive. But if you keep it on perspective, have some patience, patience in getting to the point where you want to be, but not in, not patience in not doing anything. I mean, you really need to be in the game to have good things happen to you. And I'm, I'm a, whatever percentage you want to put on, if you're in the game, 80% of the things that need to get done will happen because you're in it, you're doing it. And you guys are great examples of that. You've got, you've got to get in to get ahead in my opinion, or and give you the freedom later in life that you probably want to have or what you're striving for. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I feel like I, we could go off on another tangent on that. Um, but let's let's switch gears a little bit uh, because we do run into a lot of younger folks or, or middle-aged or older folks, whatever, that, that are really want to get into investing, right? And They're all about, you know, whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's, you know, large cap stocks or whatever the situation might be. Um, I know you've done a lot of that, especially in commercial real estate. And I think it takes an interesting blend of being uh, open minded and positive, but then also being analytical and critical in your thinking. And I think sometimes where I struggle is I can be too optimistic or too critical Right. And it's like really finding that balance. So when people start to make investments, whether it's that commercial real estate deal and they've scaled to that point, or maybe it's that duplex like you talked about, or, you know, it's just getting maybe not as much in the market because you have a financial planner that can guide in that arena. But when you go off the grid, like maybe what are some of your top tips or things that you're doing to process through like how to make the right investments? You know, you know, in real estate is something I have a passion for. My father was in real estate, so I kind of grew up in it. So that helped a lot. But even if if you're not a mathematician, you can learn what the ratios are. You know, plug the numbers in, or you can get a uh, you know a calculator, online calculator. So that will tell you right there if on paper, not there's more to it than that, but that it's a good investment. You know, that your return is going to be where you want it to be. And your expenses aren't going to be higher than what you think they're going to be because, you know, property taxes and, and such takes a big part of that income away. So you want to make sure you know where you're at. Yeah. So that's really important. Um, I also believe that's another thing that you can learn from people. If you don't have all the answers, but you have an interest in there, find a mentor. And I'd be willing to help, too, because believe me, I would call anybody up, no matter what the situation is. I still do. Just yeah. say, hey, I'm interested in this. 
I don't have any experience. People love it. People want to share their experiences and they want to help people out, especially if people are, you know, are, um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Right. They're not just doing it just to waste time or whatever, but they're doing that because they really want to learn and you want to see people successful. So that's one avenue. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I've gleaned from you just in the little bit of things that we've done together is, uh, uh, that you are willing to just like make calls and like go for it and swing the bat and don't really care. I mean, you're not going to get it. I mean, you might be annoyed, but you're not going to get personally offended if somebody doesn't take your call or whatever. I, I really appreciate that. And there's even been things that I've forwarded to you that recently you forwarded on and I didn't even expect you to do that. So um, I think that we've the little that we've done of that type of stuff, it's all come back to us. You know, I mean, if you help somebody, it definitely comes around and it's so amazing how if you talk to someone who already knows about commercial real estate, like you do, how much you know and can dump on me in five minutes versus me on the internet Googling things for 50 or five hours. And I still don't understand when you like can break it all down in five minutes uh, in general, right? So in general, yeah, such, such a good point. Unless I get into the tax stuff, then I know you like to tap out, but um no, that, that's that's really great. Um, in terms of looking, do you have, do you have something here? Or I can keep going. Well, I just think there's an interesting element of humility that comes to that, right? Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of wisdom. I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes people have the puffed out chest, like I have to do everything with my bare hands or not at all. And just like that humility to pull your community and pull people who you do genuinely feel like have a stronger expertise is, is just a valuable tip, so... Yeah. yeah, I think that's spot on and, and not here to offend anybody, but sometimes the more degrees you have, the less you're willing to pull the, uh, you know, pull the trigger to get going because you're, you're looking at things differently, you know, much more analytically instead of just saying, hey, put me in coach and not, you know, I'm going to figure this out. So that's how I, that's how it's worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, we see that too. And, and being a banker and a risk analyst and you know, I've done a lot of analytics and, and then going through school and starting an MBA program. It's like you're trained to theorize. You're trained to like sit back and like analyze and do anything. But then at some point, it's like, man, you got to jump in. And um, I've, I've, we've done some good things and bad things and, and mostly worked out well. But yeah, at some point, you got you to jump in the ocean or the, the lake, so to speak, for sure. Absolutely. So we had a conversation recently when we bought our lake house where her and my brother-in-law and my sister were all ready to go. And I was like, I'm not ready. Um, so that night I was up to like six in the morning, just like researching every place in Wisconsin that I could find. And by the next day, I was like, okay, let's rock. So. Yeah. And that is one of, um, you know, tr trying to be an entrepreneur, it's scary to take that step. It really is. And there's, and I'm scared too, even today when I make decisions and so forth and investments. But if I calculate them out enough, I have enough guidance around me. And then eventually I have enough experience. So I'm uh, still going to have some failure, but that percentage rate should be much lower right now. And, you know, it has been. But it, it's no question. It's a big step for people. Um, that's why you do it on a side hustle. Still do it while you know while you're having the bills paid for, but you're working something for the future, and um, you know it'll should pan out over time. Yeah, well, and I'm a big believer in the point of taking a percentage of your wealth to maybe do more risky things versus sometimes people will come to me and say, "Hey, I'm looking at investing X, Y, Z," and it's like, "Well, what's your net worth? You know, like is that a reasonable portion of your net worth? Because that's pretty risky." So. 
I just want you to make smart decisions. Um, it's a little more of a conservative approach, but um, I think it sounds like what you align with as well. I'm sure you're you're not going to go in for half your wealth on a deal tomorrow because you've already worked hard to build to that, right? You always want to put aside some of your never be poor money, so uh, <laughs> you know you don't make a big big uh, mistake down the road. I'm an old guy. You guys are younger. You got time, yeah. But uh, so that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You're never be poor money. I like it. Uh, so uh, question, looking back 20 years, uh, or maybe maybe 25, whatever that number is, right? You're in your, you're in your mid-20s, whatever. And you're, you're talking to yourself from now, and you're saying, what advice would you give yourself? Like, what would you've done maybe a little differently? Like, what would you say to Kevin? Um, and obviously, things have worked out well, but like, what would you maybe advise from an entrepreneurial or investment standpoint? Anything in there that, that comes to mind? Yeah, I would say two things, and maybe this isn't what you're looking for, but number one, if I'm going to stay in a corporation, then I might as well go for CEO. You know, don't just hold back. I might as well go for the top spot if that's my goal. Instead mm -hmm. of something, I didn't, I didn't necessarily do that. And I, you know, I could have probably gotten uh, bigger titles and so forth, but there's also pains and, and gains that go along with that too. Right. Or on the other side, is get the side hustle going. Let's get that going now instead of waiting till tomorrow and let's get it going and start working on independence down the road. What, you know, hopefully that's a combination of financial and, and freedom because the freedom part, now people have experienced more freedom now working out of their homes. You know, that's new for some people. I've did that since 1989. So that to me, it's nothing, that's just how it is. But that may not, you know, that may change someday in whatever direction that might go. But once you've had a taste of it, you might want to, you know, do what it takes to get to that point so you can make that choice of what your own hours are, that you're making your own decisions, and you have control of your own income. So couldn't have, couldn't have said it better ourselves. I mean, get going. It's uh, well, go ahead, Carrie. Do you have anything? Well, no, I think it just goes to the point of like build your well before you're thirsty. And I think people are noticing, oh man, I actually was thirstier than I thought, and I really like this freedom and independence and autonomy and yeah, putting their pool in the water and figuring out how to make it more of a long-term, long-term lifestyle, which is just something they got to do in 2020 uh, as work remote. Right. Right? Absolutely. And I'll throw something else out there. Here's, I think, so last night I actually had a network group, you know, it was Zoom or whatever. We didn't get together, but it's a new group. And you can, you find people in totally different industries you find people totally different experiences. And I came out of that today with eight new contacts. Now, I knew probably there's like, I don't know, probably 15 of us in the group. I've got eight people that I've already, already reached out to. So now they're on my list. If I ever have a question about this or question about that. So if you're entrepreneurs or, you know, want to be entrepreneurs, that's a great way to get some exposure and find people that can help you with who knows what might come up down the road. You know, you might not contact them for three years after you build a relationship, but eventually it might be a great resource to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're huge, huge believers in building your social capital. And whether you need the connection now or later, or how can you add value to them now or later, I think you can't underestimate the power of building your networking skills. And unfortunately, I think that's the work most people don't love doing initially. 
But um, I know for me, as something that was a little more intimidating, that can grow into like such a great skill that can really change your life in so many ways, as, as well as your your bank account, your business, and absolutely relationships. So, yeah, it, it continues to amaze me, and I think us in general sometimes how much people are gripped by fear rather than like opportunity. Right. And it's not that you shouldn't apply analytics or calculations before you do something or invest some money, but it's like, gosh, live a little, man. I mean, a few hundred dollars here or one small like home or one small multifamily, if you have advanced in your career really well, it's it's just like not a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, my, my, my sentiment was, and probably yours, it's like, man, maybe I'll look back 10 years from now and be like, wow, that was really stupid. And we'll have a good laugh about it. And I get, I get, I get, at least I get some utility that way. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you have to fall off some of the pitches once in a while. I mean, it's just going to happen, but yeah. Yeah. Kevin, do you have any funny stories, any like good throwback stories? I'm picturing you trying to tear down a barn in Wisconsin. And I just feel like you've got to have an artillery of good narratives. Well, that was, that was, we definitely didn't have any OSHA control watching us do that. That was, uh, that was very dangerous, actually, but it was awesome because he not only had the um, the barn boards for picture framing for basements and your sign behind you and such, but you also had the antique side of it. And then you had, we were getting the stanchions and we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, no idea. We get the stanchions and sell it for, um, junk metal so we made a few you know dollars off of that uh put together picnic tables and wishing wells and so forth um so yeah there was four of us we had uh you know we had a lot of spit and vinegar and luckily none of us were put in the hospital but it was (laughs) we'd be up on the roofs taking the shingles off taking the lightning rods down it was crazy yeah that business actually still exists today the the brother of one of the guys that was in the group turned it into his business and you know some of the materials have changed but that actually is living and thriving today wow that's really cool yeah yeah uh one of the things that i've seen you do well it appears at least from a distance is that you have an end game of some sort when you're starting an operating company and you talk about, you know, buying an existing business because then there's already cash flow and a lot of people might not have the capital, but for those that do, they should think about that versus just trying to build something from scratch. Um, but I also know you've sold companies and then successfully executed that, which most people are, they're just like, oh, how do I start a business and make some sales? But you're like already thinking about the end game, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. I mean, we, we did that to some degree. Um, is there any advice or tips that you could give people on that or just things to be mindful of as they get going uh, that you think would be helpful? No, it's a really good point. And I mean, you go in on day one, how you're going to exit. That's, you know, I mean, you're actually buying the business, but what you're really thinking about, how do I get out? What's the right. best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? Right. So you want to have that, um, that target. Again, you want to talk to people. You maybe want to um, get to know a, a business broker. So when it comes to that time that you've got somebody who knows the business that can help you market it, if that's what the point is. Um, but it's so there's only 20% of small businesses that actually sell. Um, most of them just go away or they just retire one day and lock the door. So yeah. you can still make a lot of money even if you don't sell your business. Um, that's one point I'd like to throw out there. You either make money while you own it, 
or you make money when you sell it. If you can do both, that's really amazing. So um, I've had a lot of businesses that we, you know, made good money um, while we owned it, but because it was in maybe industries that weren't real sexy or whatever it might be, and people weren't interested in going that direction. So we, you know, we made money when we sold it, but that wasn't the big dollars actually, is what, what we did with it when we were actually earning the income. So, um, but it's, it's important to always be thinking about the exit, what your timing might be. And again, relationships, who you might run into, who you might develop, that could be a potential contact to help you um, sell the business down the road. Yeah, it, it's amazing to me how many successful business owners we know that um, don't have that because they just got started and they're great grinders and they'll work so hard. It's like, I'll just do that someday. And it's like, man, you need to have a plan and a strategy and watch businesses get handed off to next generations and fumbled or, you know, a lot of different stuff like that. Um, so I, I, we could go all day probably uh, just out of curiosity and, and hearing your different insights, but I want to start to wrap things up a little bit. Um, just in terms of where people can can reach you, I think um, maybe the best place is LinkedIn. So that's Kevin Wickman. We can make a make a post in the in the link at the podcast, but uh, it's W I C H M A N. Kevin spelled as it normally is. Uh, reaching out to you on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, primarily you do help people make real estate investments now, commercial real estate investments. But again, people need to be qualified investors, but. I think in general, you've been really supportive to me in some of my journeys uh, so far. I'm sure you'll, you'll help people out if they have some questions or whatnot, or, uh, or just uh, be too busy and not take them. They can keep trying and be persistent and practice the things you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, just in wrapping up, when it, it comes to your mind, you know, some of the biggest mistakes or anything else that, that pops up that you see a lot of people make now, because I think... Now is a unique time that like everybody's seeing this entrepreneur stuff here insinuated it. They're like, oh, I want to be a business owner. And so they front stuff on Instagram or whatever. And that's okay. It's like, you got to start somewhere. But like to taking action, actually getting in the game. I know you mentioned that having the curiosity. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you'd make as a recommendation or things that you see people consistently messing up that they should watch out for? Well, I really believe, you know, mundane businesses can be very profitable and very rewarding. People, there's a difference between an inventor and an entrepreneur. And if you want to be an inventor, that's fantastic. But you don't have to come up with the next great thing that no one's ever done. Because if you look, you know, just an example, um, I I don't know, streaming services now, you know, that's a new business basically. But now everybody's in the stream business and there's absolutely really nothing that separates them, you know, in, in in a large level, but they're all competing for the same space which is fantastic. They're all going to make money. And I, I just bring that up. You don't have to, you know, be in something that no one's ever thought of before, because first of all, someone's already thought about it, thought it. And number two, that usually takes a lot more capital to get it up and running. So if you find something that, you know, whatever it is, that is, you know, it's a porta potty. So there's still that out there. It doesn't have to be something that no one's ever heard of, but if you just run it better, and you grow it and maybe have one or two different ideas that people haven't done, that's a great way to, uh, you know, get ahead of the game. I think porta potties really drives home the point. <laughs> I appreciate that example. <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing I'll just attest, and this is one of the reasons we asked you to be on the show. I mean, we don't know you super, super well, but we know you pretty well and got to meet your, your family and your kids and stuff. And 
I know, I know where your home is at. We almost bought a home across the street, but the bid didn't work out. Carrie was very sad that day. When I found out you lived across the street, we had to, we had to, you know, look at it closer, I guess. But, but I think you've done a great job just also balancing, you know, having a great family life with being an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people mess that up. We see that. And so we appreciate that. And, you know, one of, one of my themes and our themes is to stay focused on what matters most. And for us, it's like, how do we create a great relationship, but also like buy back our time in our life. Right. And so it seems like you've been able to do a pretty good job of that. Any, anything that comes uh, to mind in terms of a tip for those that are grinding, they're doing a great job, they're making progress. But I know for me, like I can get down that rabbit hole and it's like, oh yeah, my children. Right. <laughs> right. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, in the, the kids are, you know, one of the most important things. There's no question about that. You want to put your time there. You don't want to miss their ball games. You don't want to miss the recitals or whatever they're, you know, they're into. Um, but the other thing I try to do is I try, what's going to move the needle today? That's how I look at it. Because you can get down the rabbit hole and spend a lot of time on stuff you probably even kind of enjoy. But at the oh. end of the day, did, that, did I get, take a step forward or did I just tread water today? There's a lot of water treading, which is fine because that might make you happy, but it's probably not going to get you to your ultimate goal. Yeah, so so well put. Yeah, thank you. Care anything you want to wrap up with from your side? Yeah, no, don't don't putz around with your business. Actually, go build it. I like that. Um, keep focusing on what matters most, and as I always say, enjoy the grind. You know, enjoy the pursuit, enjoy the adventure of it. And I think you've gave, given the listeners a lot to chew on a lot to unpack and really apply. So we just appreciate you being on and diving deeper into your story and your success. And as the listeners can attest to, you know, go out and implement, that's where the reward really comes is going out and implement what Kevin talks about. So we appreciate you having on and I hope everyone has a good rest of the day. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review and be sure to visit tandemconsulting.co backslash talks.